BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Increase Your Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for anything fringe. Today, a little bit different than uh, previous episodes. I've had a couple of people that kind of fit into this category on the show, but I always enjoy it when we do it. Uh, Today is going to be an artist interview, and uh, for me at least, he's one of my personal favorite cryptid artists as far as this stuff goes. I have a couple of his paintings up here in the studio, actually, as we speak, Uh, so I felt it was about time that we should get him on the show, uh, have a conversation with him, get his artwork out there to everybody else, and... uh, I definitely recommend you guys go and check out everything that he has to offer after the show because it is truly beautiful artwork. But uh, before we get into the show, of course, we got to knock out the front of house stuff. Uh, If you guys don't mind taking an extra five seconds to rate the show on Spotify, I would definitely appreciate it. Or if you're able to take an extra 30 seconds to review the show on iTunes, uh, I will, of course, give you guys a shout out in the show and uh, read it out on the show. And uh, anything that you guys do in that aspect will make it so that the show can be seen by more people. It'll pop up on more of their list of things that may relate to other things that they like. But that's all on your guys' end. Anything that you guys can do to help push the show and help grow the show, I appreciate it more than you guys will ever know, of course. And uh, if you guys aren't already following the show on social media, I definitely recommend that you do so if you want to get updates on anything cool going on with the show or anything that I'd find post-worthy, of course. Uh, The one that I'm the most active on is Instagram. Uh, I do have a Facebook set up for the page, but everything kind of gets pushed off of the Instagram and onto the Facebook. 
Uh, you can also go and check out the Telegram, which is the Open Minds Media Telegram. Uh, starting to build that up a little bit. Uh, not as much as the Discord, but it's still kind of kind of got some stuff going on. But the Discord, though, that's where it's all at. That's where we're building it up. That's where we're trying to do everything that we can. Uh, we've restructured a little bit. Um, we started to boost some more activity in there. Uh, so anybody that wants to pop in, have a conversation, feel free to drop into any of the topic categories that you see in there and uh, spark up a conversation with some like-minded people who would definitely love to hear what you have to say, of course. Me, me of course, being included in that. And uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, artist, uh, experiencer, contactee, cryptid hunter, cryptozoologist, document documentist, uh, any of those, anything that's in the open-minded fringe type of topic mindset, I would love to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you on the show. So don't hesitate to contact me. Uh, there's multiple ways to do so. One of which of course is through Instagram. Uh, the second you guys can email me at inquiries of our reality podcast at outlook.com. Or you can go to the link tree and fill out the submission form, and that will go directly to my email, of course. Uh, make sure nothing gets missed in your spam or junk folder, because it seems like stuff does push there. And I do respond to every single message that you guys send me, so make sure it doesn't get lost in the process. And uh, if you guys enjoy everything that I do, uh, there's another show that I do, Bizarre Encounters, with my awesome co-hosts, Oren and Jenny. And just like the title says, it's all about bizarre encounters uh, pertaining to cryptids, UFO, alien anything weird. So if that sounds like it's right up your alley, and if I'm assuming this show's up your alley, then uh, go and check that one out if you haven't already. And uh, if you guys want to keep tabs on everything that I do, uh, I keep everything under the Open Minds Media umbrella. And that does have its own Instagram. So if you guys want to be able to kind of keep keep updated on new episodes of all the things that I'm doing all in one place that I have to follow all the pages, you guys can go and check out all the Open Minds Media pages. Uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's three ways to do so. Uh, the number one way is through the Patreon. Uh, there's multiple tiers over there, so figure out which one suits you the best. But over there, you'll get things such as ad-free episodes, uh, early access to episodes, most of which being almost a month, two months ahead of time. Um, you'll also get exclusive uh, merch store discounts. Uh, you'll get live access to episodes, live replays if you're not able to make it to episodes. And uh, one thing I'm going to hopefully be incorporating in June is we're going to start doing a monthly hangout. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing that through the Discord or through the Patreon, but uh, either way, we're going to try to incorporate it and make it so that you guys can pop on. We can all kind of hang out and uh, do at least some kind of monthly hangout. Uh, the other ways you can support the show is through donating. Uh, you guys can donate through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host. Uh, and if you want to do it that way, uh, go down to the bottom of the show description and you'll see something along the lines of donate on Red Circle. And uh, if you guys donate anything, if it doesn't give you an option for a personal message, uh, please shoot me a message. Let me know what you donated because I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. And uh, any of that's going to go towards making it so that I can go to some more conventions this year, be able to get out there, meet all you guys, uh, help in get the show seen by uh, some more people, possibly even get some more bigger guests on the show, uh, being able to meet them at different conventions. And uh, the only way I'm going to be able to do that is with your guys' help. Um, so anything you guys want to contribute, I definitely appreciate. And uh, the third way you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media Merch Store. And just like the Patreon, you don't just get one show, you get everything that I do all in one place. Again, trying to make it quick and easy for everybody. So you'll find Inquiries of All Reality stuff. Uh, you'll find Bizarre Encounter stuff, uh, Open Minds Media logo, um, a bunch of different stuff. And uh, if there's anything else that you guys would like to see on that store, be it mugs or whatever, because it's all pretty much just merchandise right now, uh, please let me know and I can definitely incorporate it into the merch store. And if anybody buys anything off the merch store, like t-shirts, for example, it'd be awesome if you guys wouldn't mind sending me a picture of you guys wearing it so that I can repost it on the page, give you guys a shout out and show that there's some love and support out there in the world for the show. And uh, while you guys are giving love and support, 
If you guys haven't gone and checked out Crypto Theology, definitely recommend that you do if you're into wearing Bigfoot, paranormal, cryptid, uh, UFO, any of that kind of weird stuff. He's got it all kind of covered over there and he does it with his own designs and he also does it with all these really, really cool parody designs. Uh, one of which the newest one is it says The Moth, but it's actually supposed to be a parody of the 90s movie slash comic book, The Crow. Um, I love it. I've already personally ordered it, and I'm sure soon enough you guys will see me end up posting on the page. But uh, do yourself a favor. Go and check it out, because I guarantee that if you guys like this show, you'll probably find something that you like over there. And uh, everything that I mentioned, all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, artist Timothy Wayne Williams. How's it going today, man? Hey, I'm good, Shane. How are you, sir? Not too bad. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I had the uh, the pleasure of meeting you back in November at uh, CryptidCon. So this has been kind of a long time coming after a few scheduling conflicts, uh, just stuff popping up <laughs> yeah. in the road. But I'm glad we finally came around and finally got to do this. Yeah, me too. It's be, it'll be fun. Specifically... One of the things that drew me to your table was uh, some of your art. Um, one of my absolute favorite pictures that I do make a lot of references to in the show because it's actually hanging up here behind me is this really cool one you did where it's uh, a fire with Bigfoot kind of hidden behind it. And honestly, as far as cryptid stuff goes, it's probably one of my all-time favorite paintings that I've ever seen anybody do. <laughs> oh, is that right? I am so honored, man. I appreciate that. That's really cool. That one in your uh, shadow super. person one you did because I don't usually see that too often where people can really make a good picture of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. I'm uh, flattered, man. That's awesome. Say so I make references to it in almost every single show. Whenever people come in, they're like, Oh, look at all that artwork behind you. That's always the first one I point to. And I'm always like, you see him hidden right. back there. <laughs> <laughs> one, of my, one of my claim to claims to fame is uh, one of my friends is Amy Boo. I don't know if you know her, but she, uh, she's a, uh, crypto researcher, Bigfoot researcher. And she, I think has a podcast, but I know she was interviewing Bob Gimlin uh, one time and she had a couple of my paintings right behind her while she's interviewing him. So I'm like, Bob Gimlin saw my paintings. You know? <laughs> so that's my claim to fame. He at least saw them. So that's an honor. You just got to send him uh, one of your paintings. You got to uh, find like a perfect one where you paint the scene. <laughs> and send yeah. it to him and just see what he does with it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. People have suggested that. I might do it sometime. It would be cool. You might luck out one day and see him at a convention too, so it'd be even better when you actually get to hand it to him in person. Just keep it in the back burner yeah, in your truck for a while. Cool. <laughs> That'd be super cool. Actually, I had something for David Politis in, uh, in Florida when he was there, and I just, I'd never, I never had a chance to go give it to him. So it's like, oh, well. So close yet so far, unfortunately. I know. I was, yeah, I mean, I watched him walk by several times. I just couldn't get away. <laughs> Said I've yet to get a yeah. custom painting from you too. We've talked about it a few times, but it's still on my, on my list. I got to definitely get my own custom painting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. We tried that one time, but uh, we'll, we'll do it. So that's yeah. a whole story. If you want to, we can get in on the uh, yeah. second half okay, of the show. That. Cause I found that pretty interesting too, just for yeah, what it I, was. Yeah. I agree. That that was weird. That that's never happened to me before. So, yeah. 
So I uh, guess a good part to start for anybody that isn't familiar with uh, who you are and what you do. Uh, obviously, they kind of got like a little taste that you do art, but uh, why don't you kind of give them a little bit, a little bit of an idea about like why you started doing it, what inspired you to do it, and specifically like what your favorite things to paint are. Okay. Um, well, I started fairly late in life as an oil painter. I actually was a, a professional drummer for a long time, and um, I got kind of close to becoming a rock star. Then all that fell apart, and I was super depressed for a couple of years. And I had mentioned to my mother-in-law that, you know, I'd always wanted to try oil painting. And uh, so she bought me a set for, like, Christmas or something. And man, it just felt really natural doing it. And uh, I read as much as I could about it. And I, I just pretty much taught myself. And and um, <clears throat> I did like a normal, just regular fine art shows for a long time. Um, you know, they're a little uptight and snooty, you know, and I started to started getting into paranormal subjects and, and people weren't really into that in the in the fine art community. So I decided to go, you know, all paranormal stuff. But but how I got into par paranormal stuff was, um, you know, I've always been interested in it. Um, I'm of that age where I grew up with the generation that saw In Search of, mm -hmm. you know, in the 70s. And oh, I was so influ influential. I mean, I remember my dad coming to get me going, you've got to see this. There's living monsters. And it was the Bigfoot episode. And I mean, I was just like, this is incredible and it blew my mind and, and, you know, changed my whole worldview. But flash forward to all these years later, I'm, I'm uh, painting a landscape and uh, I was listening to a podcast about Bigfoot and uh, just for my own amusement, I just put a little Bigfoot in the background, you know, behind some trees and I just thought it was funny and I didn't say anything about it. And I sold that painting and probably 10 more, or maybe more. I'm not sure uh, that had a hidden Bigfoot in it, but I didn't even bother telling the people about the painting. You know, I didn't think anyone would be that interested in it. And then one day I was having a really slow art show and um, I started telling people that, Hey, in this painting I have over here, I've got a hidden Bigfoot. See if you can find it. It's basically just to try to keep people in my booth, you know, looking around. And um, those people really were digging it. And um, then, like that, that following week, I, I was like, I wonder if there's any Facebook groups about Bigfoot. And little did I know, there's like a million. <laughs> So, uh, so I, I picked a few and I, I posted the painting and I was just like, Hey guys, you know, I did this painting and I threw a Bigfoot in it. What do you guys think? You know? And it blew up. I got like a thousand likes like that day. And I was like, this is incredible. You know, I'm like, I've never had this kind of response to a piece of art, you know? And then I found people found it really fun. And so I, you know, joined more and more groups and, and posted it more and more places and um, I gained this little following that, that grew pretty, you know, uh, pretty well. And I'm still shocked at how many people, you know, know me from this crazy little thing, throwing Bigfoot in a painting. Uh, I mean, I went, you know, to Florida, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio, and, and everywhere I've gone, people have known who I am. You know, not everybody, but, you know, I... I've met people, you know, they're all like, oh, you're that guy, you know? 
that hides the Bigfoot. And I'm like, yeah, you know, so it's, that's really cool. And very fortunate. But, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how that all came about. And, uh, it's, it's been going great. Um, like, uh, one of the guys who liked my work, um, I, I kept seeing where he was liking it and it was Doug Highcheck. And I was like, um, where do I know that name? You know, and I Googled it and I was like, Oh, he's the guy who produced monster quest. So I got to talking to him and, um, we decided he and he and his son have a uh, publishing company and together we put out uh, a calendar of my hidden Bigfoot stuff this past year. And, uh, it, uh, it went over really well. So I didn't even know that he was involved with all that stuff too. I just heard the ads on a couple other podcasts and I I didn't even know that the dude from monster Quest was involved in that either. Well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm the first calendar they've ever done. If you, if you go to hangar one publishing, that's where you can find it, but it's not, it's like under their other merch, <laughs> you know, their, their main thing is, you know, publishing books. So, so I'm honored to be the first calendar they've ever done. It's a really cool idea. Just even off of the aspect of uh, kind of almost like teaching people a new appreciation for art, because if you're looking for the Bigfoot, like the average person might just look at a piece of art for the whole thing as it is. They're not looking at the fine details. You know, it takes like a special person to really, t- really like take in the art and really pay attention to every fine detail. But when you add the hidden Bigfoot in, I think it's really cool because then people that normally wouldn't take the time to try to look at every single little detail of the painting are actually taking the time to do that in turn, trying to find the Bigfoot. So you're almost like uh, inspiring a new generation of people to actually like pay attention to the fine details in your art. And in tune with that also, um, your stuff very much so sets like sets an atmosphere to it. So again, the people are really getting to take that in when they're looking for the Bigfoot. And I just, I, I love it and I find it fascinating. And I can't believe that you've been oh, doing awesome. art for as short of a time as you have, because I, I would have guessed you've been doing it your whole life because I really enjoy your paintings. No. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah um, you know, I start out when I paint, I, I want to do just a good landscape. You know, I just want to do a good painting so that if you don't like the Bigfoot, you know, if you you don't care about Bigfoot, you still might like that painting, you know. And so so I paint it like that first. I want to just do a good painting. I don't set out to, you know, right away figure out where I'm going to put a Bigfoot in. You know, and there are sometimes I've completed a painting. And I've said, you know what, I just don't want to add a Bigfoot to this. I just don't see a good spot. And, you know, so. uh but yeah, you know, it's really cool. I've had, a, I've had a lot of people uh, say, like you sh- said, that I, I've got some atmospheric kind of stuff and I really work on that. I want to, I think that is becoming definitely kind of my trademark that my stuff's kind of at- atmospheric, a little spooky, you know? But, it's like dark, uh, but comforting at the same time. It's kind of hard to right. explain. Yeah. You know, that that's cool. That you say that. Yeah. I, yeah, I want it to be, um, you know, like I made myself a tagline. This sounds really pretentious, but it's, um, um, I talked to other artists and they're like, you need to do this. It's really a good idea. But my tagline is Timothy Wayne Williams, American painter of dreams in the beautiful unknown. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, the beautiful unknown that is, you know, the mysteries out there, but they can still be portrayed in, you know, a beautiful way. You know, it doesn't have to be creepy and scary you know? So yeah, it's sparking an interest too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
And then uh, I noticed with a lot of your paintings, it seems like you kind of said that you start off with a with a landscape and then you end up adding the Bigfoot later. Um, your other mm-hmm. art that you do where you do like the Nessie, the UFO stuff, all the other stuff, does mm-hmm. that kind of start off the same way where you just do a painting and then if the Bigfoot doesn't fit, then you kind of start to work in all the other stuff you're interested in? Yeah, yeah, that definitely is the case. I know there's been a lot of times that that I'll look at a painting that's almost finished and I'll be like, what do I want to put in this? You know, and sometimes I'll think about it. You know, I love doing like seascapes. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of times I'll throw a, a Nessie or, a, you know, just some sort of sea creature in there or mermaids. I love doing mermaids too. And uh, yeah, the same with the UFOs. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll really like the sky I've done in something. And I'm like, you know, I want people to focus on the sky a little more than, you know, looking for a Bigfoot. So I'm just going to put in kind of an obvious UFO. <laughs> So, yeah. So sometimes I do that. And then uh, just for all the listeners out there that have already kind of heard a little bit about your art, um, I assume that you do some custom stuff too. So, um, you know, what, how did you, how does your like custom stuff work? Do you have like specific things that you like to do or you just kind of do uh, whatever somebody kind of comes, comes at you with? Yeah. You know, I, I do commissions. Um, I tell people, I, I get asked all the time and I'm like, just hit me with your idea. If I like the idea, we'll, we'll talk more, you know? And, um, so, so yeah, you know, um, if I like the idea and I think I can pull it off, you know, it's like, I'll be the first one to admit I'm not great at portrait work, you know? And so I get asked all the time, you know, Hey, would you, you know, paint my grandson or something? I'm like, no, because people are way better than I am at that. And you probably should go with them. You know, is your grandson a Bigfoot? (laughs) If not, then (laughs) exactly. Is he a Bigfoot like way far away? Yeah. So he's like only an inch tall in a painting. Then yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So yeah. So I just, I just see if I like the idea first, I've got to, uh, commission I'm working on right now that this lady, uh, she wanted everything in the kitchen sink in this painting. And uh, I kept raising the price up and, and going further and further. I thought there's no way she's going to go for this. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, Oh wow. So now I got to do this. There's, it's like, it's like this, uh, tide pool coast with, uh, uh, a mother Bigfoot with a child playing in the tide pools. And then it's got to be at night with a moon and stars, uh, a stairway, oh, and a campfire, and, and a whole bunch of other things. And it's just, those are the main ones I can think of. And it's just like, oh, yikes. So, but, oh, well, you know, it's a, it's a challenge. I do like a challenge. That is one of my main things. So, it's always a way to start definitely. increasing your skills too, is that, you know, you take on the next thing, get a little bit out of your comfort zone, and then you just keep doing that piece by piece. And then you never know where you might end up. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend who does uh, wood burning and, and he's so good at drawing Bigfoot. You know, he always has been, he's, he's a better artist than I am. And uh, anytime I have to do like a close up Bigfoot, I always think, man, he could do this so much better. <laughs> so I get irritated with myself, but I keep going at it. I'm getting better. So I'm catching up. Just a matter of time, man. And, uh, I, of course I'm going to ask, and I can include it in the cover art cause I'm sure everybody else is going to want to see it too. But, uh, over the years doing your paintings that you've done, uh, do you have like a handful that are like your personal favorite? And if so, like, what are they exactly? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my personal favorites is a painting that nobody got, but me for the longest time. And then finally some lady from England, 
um, actually got what I was trying to do and she bought it. But it was a, it was almost a Narnia looking scene. I wanted to do this almost like a portal kind of thing where you're walking in uh, the woods in winter and then all of a sudden you come to a clearing and it's not winter anymore. You were literally walking straight into summer. You know, there's no spring, there's nothing. You just walk straight out of winter into to like a summer scene. You, matter of fact, there's a bridge. And as you cross the bridge, when you're on the other side, it is fully summer. And uh, I loved how it turned out. It was, it was really cool. Uh, but people didn't get it, you know, what I was kind of going for there. I was almost thinking, you know, kind of almost a missing 411 thing, kind of like, you know, maybe, you know, you turn the corner and you're lost and you're like, well, where am I? And this definitely doesn't seem familiar. You know, this is a different season, you know. So that's what I was going for. But, uh, yeah, I, I, that's probably one of my all-time favorites. Um, Got a couple mermaid paintings I really liked. But, uh, yeah, you know, I've been doing a lot of campfire scenes lately and uh, with a lot of starry skies and stuff like that. So as far as like your paintings and everything go, I feel like it's kind of like uh, you said some people don't really get everything. And uh, especially when you're in the cryptid community, it seems like there's kind of like a hard split where you have the people that are more on like the woo woo side, um, especially even with like the Bigfoot phenomenon. And they're the ones that are going to grab onto that type of painting where you're doing portals and different things like that. And then as far as the other side goes, you have the cryptid community that just uh, they like being out in the woods and they like the feeling of being out in the woods. And that's like half of what the atmosphere is to them. So that I feel is what the ones that you're kind of picking up with, like all the fire scenes because that's what i really like i mean i'm i'm kind of all over the spectrum as far as like woo and all that kind of stuff goes but i definitely really dig your fire scenes so i kind of feel like with that you kind of have like a balance between both sides of the cryptic community even though you know somebody may not get this one somebody may not get that one you kind of still have everybody somewhat covered in their interests definitely yeah i feel that way definitely yeah I've, i've seen those people come up and they'll look at some of my you know, creepier ones that maybe look kind of like a portal or, or, you know, I even have put um, Bigfoot with a UFO a couple of times and I've had people come up and just kind of roll their eyes, but, but then they'd look at something else that, you know, was just more straight up with nice, um, you know, forest scape. And uh, then they like that, you know, so you're right. Yeah, definitely. Some for everyone. And uh, anybody that hasn't seen any of your Bigfoot fire ones, uh, the one that I have specifically, I walked past three times and I was like, I'm going to get that. Should I get that? I'm going to get that. <laughs> and then as soon as I saw somebody else looking at it, because I was sitting at the table right next to you, I was like, nope, I'm getting it. Because if somebody else gets it, I'm going to be really mad at myself for not getting it. <laughs> I like how you think. Because <laughs> <laughs> I bought the shadow person one. I was just like, all right, I don't need another one. And I was like, never mind. I think I do need another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And then uh, I know that the one that uh, I bought, actually, the Shadow Person one, you said that uh, it ended up being in somebody's documentary or something. Uh, do you have other paintings? And also, what's kind of the story behind uh, that one as far as doing yeah, uh, documentary um, painting? Yeah, I have a friend. His name's Eric Mantel. And um, he is uh, he produces uh, documentaries and kind of like a – I guess – I'm not sure if you call them documentaries. They're more – it's more of a TV show, really. Um, and we, we become pretty good friends. He's a, he's a world-class jazz musician. So we talked music a lot. Um, but he started this 
cool concept where he's like, um, at night, I'm a professional jazz mus- musician, but it, even later at night, I, you know, hunt for ghosts or look for Bigfoot or something like that. And so he has these really cool videos and I got with him. And what I do is I make transition paintings for like, you know, if he has a shot and he's like, "Eh, I kind of want to change from this scene to this scene, but put something brief in between them. And so he'll come to me and I'll, and I'll paint something for it. So yeah, that's how uh, that, that painting came across that uh, it was a, um, they were in a theater and they had seen a, well, I'm not sure if they saw or they had heard a bunch of stories about seeing this uh, shadow figure on the catwalk. And that's the the one I painted that you got. So, And I'll have yeah, to post it too for anybody that hasn't seen it. It's really cool. It's, it's really sets the mood, kind of like I was saying with your other paintings. And there's this long walkway with all dark next to it. And then on the back wall, there's brick and then just a shadow person sitting at the end. It's one of the best depictions I've seen as far as a shadow person. Because that's a really, really hard thing to paint and do just without it just looking like a black box figure but you kind of did the the overlay over it where it kind of had the gray tone and everything and i turned thought it turned out awesome and that again that's why i had to grab it (laughs) yeah the the thing i don't like is when i when i'm in one of those uh, eric's videos it's like no one can really get a good look at it it's always such a brief shot of uh, of the painting but it's still cool you gotta tell people pause temporarily put a little uh bubble on the bottom of the screen Paint yeah. it onto the picture. Pause temporarily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, a lot of like this kind of stuff, as far as like art goes, um, usually it kind of starts off from somewhere. So, like, what kind of got you into like the whole like cryptid thing, like, um, more so going into like your adult life? Because you said that you looked, you used to watch, uh, like that one show as a kid. But uh, yeah, obviously you kind of come back around as an adult because almost any boy kid usually kind of gets into the weird monsters and everything for a bit. And uh, it takes like a special type of person or, you know, some type of experience that happens, something that usually happens that kind of reintroduces it back into your adult life. Uh, did you have any kind of experience like that? Um, not so much. Um, I mean, I had some creepy stuff happen, but... Um I, I don't know. I just never stopped being into it, you know? Um, and, you know, as I got older, you know, all these shows started coming out on TV, you know, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, Oh my God, there was only one show, you know, when I was a kid and it was, it was only on for a few seasons. It was fairly short. And uh, so I, I just couldn't believe it. It's like, people are actually talking about these subjects, you know? And uh, so that, that definitely kind of, I mean, I never got out of the topic, but it definitely, you know, kindled it some more, I should say. It uh, sparked it some more. That's kind of where I was at with everything was that, of course, I looked into all this stuff as a kid. Um, I was always really into like aliens, UFOs, all that kind of stuff. And I carried that on to my adult life. And I used to like heavily watch like the NASA cameras and everything while I was at work. And I was always looking for new UFO stuff. And then uh, I had that strange experience that uh, for all the listeners that have been around for a little bit, they kind of know about it. But my uh, possible uh, Wendigo encounter. And that's kind of what re-sparked my whole interest into uh, folklore and cryptids and all that kind of stuff in general. 
And uh, of course, somebody has a weird experience like that. It's kind of a hit or miss on it where it's like you kind of want a picture visualization of it um, because it's just one of those things that like you can always kind of see in your head and it'd be cool to just kind of have like a painting of it. But, you know, specifically with this one being a Wendigo, uh, there's the lore behind it that you're not even supposed to say the name. Um, so assumably like painting a picture of it is probably like encapturing some form of evil. And uh, I know specifically we talked about a little bit earlier in the show um, that I had asked you if you were interested in doing a painting. Uh, you said you were. Uh, you started doing a little bit of it, and then you uh, ended up having something kind of weird happen. Um, if you wanted to share it with the listeners, yeah. I'm sure they'd love to hear it. Yeah, you know, it was really freaky. Um, it's like I hadn't even heard the word Wendigo, I mean, in forever. And uh, when you approached me, I was like, yeah, I'm down, totally down. This will be fun. And when I started working on it, I just it wasn't going well, just something was, you know, I, it just wasn't going well. And I was kind of bumming on it. And then, um, that night, um, I had like this crazy spooky dream and it involving a Wendigo. And then, um, I got up the next day to work on it. And there were two things that popped up just out of the blue that mentioned Wendigos. And I was like, I haven't heard this word in forever. And like, like three or four different things have just now happened with the word Wendigo. And it just straight up creeped me out. And I just felt weirded out by doing it. You know, <laughs> I had to, had to go to you and go, uh, Shane, sorry, man. I, I just, something's telling me this is a bad idea. You know, just don't do this. So I had to decline, you know, I feel bad about it, but I don't know, man. I just had to trust my gut on that one. Well, two things. Uh, one, I was going to ask if you remember uh, any part of the dream that you had, cause you said it was creepy. And then two, um, with the whole Wendigo lore that I was saying, like, you're not really supposed to like talk about them. So assumably like a picture of them is like encompassing it. So, you know, if I would have hung it on the wall, I feel like some weird stuff would have happened. So like, you know, what, what did you end up doing with the painting? Just out of curiosity. Uh, you know, I believe I painted over it, actually. I do that a lot. Sometimes I'll sand it down a little bit, take the texture off and paint right over it. But yeah, as far as the dream goes, oh, man, I, you know, I just remember one small little part and it was, it involved a desert and it was like I was in the desert and way off in the distance, there was something it was a dark form, but somehow in my mind, I was going, that's a Wendigo. You know, I never actually saw it come at me or anything, but in my mind, it was like, that's a Wendigo. And, you know, but uh, that's really all I remember on that one. I wonder if all the details that I was like throwing at you, because we're going back and forth for a while, even about like the pose, like everything, we're like heavily talking about it. Uh, if you believe in like the woo-woo aspect of everything, I almost wonder if that was almost like calling not necessarily the physical form of it, but like the spiritual form of it. Cause that's part of the whole thing is that there's like the Wendigo uh, spirit that like takes the person over. So I wonder, like, again, if it was like a weird way of like calling it in and it was all kind of coming to like a collected point, And then by you destroying the painting, you kind of like pushed it off because that was going to weirdly enough be my recommendation. If you hadn't already was, if it was already giving you weird feelings and stuff, probably not the best idea to like keep it around, like destroy it, restart it. You, something. you know, it, 
it's funny. It did creep me out. I had it, you know, in my studio and, and just kind of leaning against the wall. And every time I'd walk by it, you know, before I'd painted over it, I would, I would get a creepy feeling. And that's weird. You know, maybe it's all psychosomatic. It could all be in my head. But, but like I said, it, there was just too many instances where the word, the word itself kept coming up. And it's like, this is really unusual. You know, don't hear this word for six months and then suddenly... You know, you hear it constantly in one day. So it, it was just, it was just strange. It was a weird experience to begin with. Even like I was saying, it's one of those images that are just permanently burned into my head. And there was a lot of like Not weird bad. stuff that came around it. Um, I even heard another voice that wasn't attached to this thing that told me to run in my right ear. So I definitely think oh, wow. that there was some type of like, a, there was more to it than just being like a physical being. Like there's something spiritual or something Oh, definitely. Interdimensional, whatever you want to call it. Something more to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure of that. Yeah. But I'll have to come back around for Michigan Dogman or something. I'll have to get something else awesome from you at some point. Yeah, Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, we do that. I'll do a Dogman. I've done a couple, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think you actually sent me a picture that you gave me permission to use uh, for... Uh, one of my Dogman episodes that I did for Bizarre Encounters. So if anybody wants to check out oh, one of yeah, yours, yeah. I did use one of that for that. And actually, that was the listeners don't probably realize it. Actually, I did I did incorporate it into like the show notes and everything. But the background where it's the fire uh, in the woods for uh, Bite Size Bizarreties Fireside Tales is also your art. So I've accompanied your art into a few things that I've done now. No, <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. No, I'm all down with that. That is cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, I know that you said before we started recording uh, that you've had some bizarre encounters, for lack of better words, and uh, I always like to dive into that kind of stuff on the show because I find it absolutely fascinating. So um, if you'd like to share your encounters, I'm sure the listeners would love to hear it. Yeah, you know, I've got uh, an encounter I think was somewhat demonic, and I have like the polar opposite of that, and I think I have this angelic encounter that was pretty cool. So... um, I'll tell you the demonic one first. Um, so when I was in high school, I was playing in a, in a hard rock band and um, we had rented out a, uh, a sort of an auditorium and for lack of a better term. And uh, it was a little smaller than an auditorium, but anyway, we had uh, rented this out got this huge PA system to rent it and everything to do it. And uh, we were uh, there late one night setting up. And uh, most of the people who had worked there had long gone. Matter of fact, I think we were just there with this lady who I think when it, when they use it as a bar was a bartender, but she wasn't bartending while we were there. We were all really young, but um, I think it was just the band and her. And, um, we were standing around the soundboard just talking and all of a sudden we hear this super loud, high cackling laugh. And it startled us. We all look up and we look at the stage and there is this little man. Um, I, I mean, short, he wasn't like a, you know, troll or anything, but no, he was this short man sitting on our, um, PA speaker and just laughing his head off like he had heard the funniest thing ever and we're all looking at each other and we're all like how did this guy get in here you know because uh, there was a 
one garage door that the bands loaded in and out, but we had shut it, you know, and then there, you know, the other doors would, he would have had to walk by us to come in the other doors. Well, so we're all kind of creeped out and everyone's like, someone needs to go talk to this guy and figure out what he wants. And so everyone kind of pushes me forward, you know, and I'm like, all right, all right, I'll go. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, uh, so I walk up to this guy and he, and he finally stops laughing and he says, Hey, Hey, I got some for you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. This, he's a drug dealer. That's what it's gotta be, you know? And then he says, no, 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 man. And I got something And he, and he pulls out a stack of Polaroids. I, I don't even know how he got his hand around. They were it barely fit between his middle finger and thumb. I, still. I mean, he just like pulled them out of nowhere and he says, check these out. You know, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I just grab a few off the top and I realize, oh my goodness. Okay. This is, this is some hardcore sex stuff going on in these pictures. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. The guy's a pimp. That's what we've got going here. (laughs) And I'm like, no, dude, no, 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 no. Absolutely. I'm not interested in this. And he's like, okay, okay. He's like, what do you need? He says, I can get you anything. And I'm like, no, man, we're good. We're good. And he's like, no, I mean, and he's like making real intense eye contact. He's like, no, man, I mean, anything. What do you need? You know, and I, I just got really creeped out. Matter of fact, the one of the guitar players had walked up behind me, too, and he had looked at the at the uh, Polaroids and he was like, oh, man, this guy's, you know, really creepy. And he he walked back uh, right away. So. I'm like, no, man, you know, and I'm trying to blow him off. And he's like, I'll come back, come back, you know. And so I, I blew him off and walked back to where the rest of the band was by the soundboard. And it's not very far away. I mean, maybe 20 yards, 30, I don't know. Um, and I'm standing there with the rest of the band. And we kind of huddle real quick, you know, and they're like, all right, what's he doing here? And what are we going to do about this, you know? And by the time it took me to go, man, I don't know, and look back at the stage, he's gone. He's completely gone. And and we're all like, where did he go? And it's like there was no place for him to go. We would have seen the garage door open, and he would have walked past us if he went out the other doors. So this guy just, like, appeared out of nowhere and then disappeared and, and left us all just thoroughly creeped out. But I always wonder, what if I would have said, okay, I need this, you know, (laughs) you know, people say it's my crossroads moment, you know, that uh, I don't know about that, but, uh, but the way he looked at me when he said that, I'll never forget. It was, it was chilling, you know, that was kind of the impression that I got was, again, I don't know how, how, if you believe in the woo woo, if whoever the listeners are out there believe in the woo woo, (laughs) but I definitely got that weird like crossroads demon kind of vibe out of it. Like he was saying, like, I can give you this basic stuff. I can give you this basic stuff. Cause of course, like any deal, you know, you're going to start off with the minimum that you have to give to get the biggest reward from it. And then you start moving Mm -hmm. up. So like, assumably these, these maybe crossroad demons are constantly making deals with people, but you know, some people settle for fame while others settle for maybe a new car or, you know, a little bit more money on their paycheck, or they don't realize like the extent of what they could theoretically get. And that even Mm. falls into like a whole weird thing too, with like, I don't even think it's potent. It's 
you can even actually sell your soul like that. I think that it's more so mm -hmm. a thing of you think that you sold your soul. So the rest of your life, you do whatever you want. So in turn, you end up damning your soul because of that and not because of that initial deal yourself. Like I've always been curious yeah. if somebody's ever tried to do one of these deals and then live the rest of their life to the best they possibly could and see if, you know, if it doesn't really work <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting take on that. Yeah. I, you know, and the other thing that is weird about that is, is the timing. Cause that was, you know, I was in high school and I had made up my mind long ago that, Oh, I'm going to be a rock star. I will do whatever it takes, you know? And I had, you know, all my focus was on that, you know? And it's almost like somebody knew that I was vulnerable, that I wanted it so bad, you know? And uh, all us guys were in the band were very poor and we really didn't have the, uh, you know, we had to go out and steal floodlights for our light show and stuff. It was, you know, so it was, uh, we were really poor. We didn't have any good equipment. And it was like, I was ripe for somebody to offer me something, you know, or at least they thought I was some, somebody thought I was. So I don't know. But I mean, maybe by rejecting that, you may not have actually been able to be a rock star, but in tune, maybe the universe ended up taking care of you in the aspect of now, you know, you get to paint for some of the most interesting people in the cryptid community. So it's like, you still won, but just in a different art form, you know, and you did it all on yeah. your own, which is even, <laughs> even better. Cause I feel like no matter what, when you, if you theoretically like sold your soul to become like a famous celebrity, like in the back of your mind, you still wouldn't really feel like you did it. So you'd never really feel that full sense of accomplishment, even though you're doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It was, it was uh, a weird time. It really was. And uh, I mean, that might even, I don't know if it links into your uh, possible angelic experience, but you know, maybe that was the counteract of that was that you did the right thing in that scenario. So that's why in turn you lighted up ended up having an angelic experience is because you pushed the negative away. So the good decided to come to you. Yeah. Um, maybe perhaps. Yeah. This, the angelic encounter was, <laughs> it's weird. I tell people, it's like, this isn't a typical angel encounter. This isn't like I was in a burning car and somebody came and pulled me out. This is so much more mundane than that. It actually involves a toilet. Okay. So, uh, I, uh, it was when my wife and I, we had very young kids, um, and we were very poor. We, you know, we did not have a lot of money and, uh, we had, um, we had got some very cheap flooring or something and I'd put it in, in, uh, in the, in our bathroom. And when I went to go put the toilet back on, you know, it didn't fit. It didn't work right. It couldn't go back on. And I was, I messed with it and messed with it. Matter of fact, I had a friend whose dad had been a plumber and he had worked with his dad and he came by and he looked at it. And he had no idea what to do about it. And it was, it was really perplexing. And um, I kept going to hardware stores and asking, you know, their plumbing experts, you know, what to do about this. Nobody had an idea. And uh, we just did not have the money to call a, uh, a plumber, you know, and I was really stressing about it. You know, my family was counting on me, you know, and I've never been the handiest guy ever. And um, I had just got way in over my head. And I was like, how am I going to get this back on? So 
finally, in, in total frustration, I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to a hardware store one more time. Just maybe, maybe something will jump out at me. So I'm standing in this aisle just distraught. You know, it sounds crazy. People are like, you're distraught about the toilet, but you don't understand how stressed I was. You know, my family was counting on me. So anyway, I was standing there and this guy about 15 feet away just kind of looks over. He's like, hey, what are you working on? And I'm, you know, he was kind of this weird young guy. He was kind of one of those people <laughs> who is one of those kind of people that you think wants to they're, maybe they're lonely and just want to talk, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, maybe this guy's a little strange, doesn't have a lot of friends. And I was really not in the mood to, you know, be super friendly. I mean, I was nice, but, you know, he kept saying, well, what are you working on? And I was like, oh man, you know, I just got this plumbing issue. And, and uh, I didn't want to discuss it with him. You know, I thought there's no way this guy could help me. And, but he kept being really insistent. He's like, no, no, what, what's going on? Tell me. Yeah. I was like, Oh, all right. So, so I laid it all out to this guy and he just stood there just kind of nodded and, and walks away like 10 feet away and grabs his part, came back, handed it to me, told me exactly how to put it on and then walks away. And I'm just dumbfounded. I'm like, Oh my God, this probably is the thing I need, you know? And I can't believe this exists. And uh, my wife walks up at the, the same time this guy walks away. My wife walks up and uh, she kind of sees him walk away. And she's like, well, who is that? And I'm like, this guy just solved my problem. And, and she's like, did you thank him? And I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not sure if I did. So I went to go look for him. I saw him go down this other aisle and I go down that aisle to find him. He is gone. So I'm like, okay, he's in another aisle. I searched that whole damn place and he was nowhere to be seen. So the guy just vanished. So I, uh, <laughs> that freaked me out a little bit, but then it went home, put the part on. It worked perfect. I, I had it fixed in like an hour. It was crazy. It's one of those guardian so, angel type experiences where it may not yeah. necessarily be like an angel angel, but they definitely from what I've heard from a lot of different stories, they almost seem like they're able to, I don't want to say take over somebody, but temporarily like kind of steer somebody into doing something where it may not be like the consciousness of like an angelic being, but they kind of will just kind of, kind of push somebody in a certain direction and him being like overly insistent when you didn't seem like you were uh, that interested at the time uh, definitely kind of brings in that aspect of maybe subconsciously, if there is some type of like woo woo aspect to it, that he kind of knew that there was something that he needed to do, or at least, you know, good Samaritan wise, it's always good to see them out there that even if it wasn't anything super special, that there is still some people out there that are willing to help people out, especially if they see that you're distressed and it's not that you're being rude to them, but you really do need help. And that's why they're actually trying to help you. Yeah. It's like my brother said, which is kind of what you said. He's like, Maybe something divine inspired this guy. Maybe he wasn't an angel, but something inspired this guy and told him you needed help, you know? And so, but I I don't know. I I still can't explain where the guy disappeared to. I I know the store is kind of big, but man, I looked pretty hard. (laughs) He was gone. So... I mean, with all these experiences where there is like a higher power helping you, like, again, people don't realize how detrimental it can be to just have your toilet working, especially when you have your family waiting on you and trying to help that. 
I don't know. It's it, people like when they hear about like miracles happening or like angels making contact or anything like that, they usually expect that it's going to be something giant, um, you know, or like if they pray <laughs> that there's going to be like all of a sudden they're going to get a raise tomorrow. And they kind of look past the aspect of a lot of this, this help of like good karma, whatever you want to call it, is could be a lot more subtle than that. You know, like it, there's not going to yeah, be some more miraculous mundane. person that comes down and fixes everything for you. It's going to be through somebody like this or just pushing somebody yeah. in the right direction to help you. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And then uh, you said that you also had another interesting experience that you said happened uh, last summer, too. I'd love to uh, dig into that one, too. This is really weird, too. Um, I don't know what to make of this. But um, first, let me tell you where I live. I live in basically suburban uh, Indianapolis. Um, I have a woods and a creek on my property, but I am by no means do I live in a woods or even by a full woods. This is a very small area. Um, there, you know, the woods is big enough to have a, a few deer in it, but I mean, it's, it's small. It's really small. Um, no place where I would ever think a Bigfoot would be around. And, uh, and I still don't think I had a Bigfoot, but there was last summer, I would go outdoors and I would uh, be doing whatever. And I would hear what sounded like a wood knock. It happened a couple of times when I went out. I didn't think anything about it. I thought, oh, someone's probably doing something in their garage. Like I said, I surrounded by houses, really. But it was happening every time I went outside. You know, it's like, how does this neighbor know every time I'm going outside and to make this weird noise, you know, it's like, I'd be grilling and I'd hear this wood knock and um, it just happened. I, I bet it happened 30 times that summer when I went out in this short period of time, it happened for like two weeks or so. And every time I would go out, I would hear this knock and I just thought this is the strangest thing. And there's nothing in that woods that can make a knock like that, you know, and it was so consistent. It was like, I would just walk out the door and I would hear. So that was kind of one thing. But the other thing, I don't know if it goes with it or not, but it was equally as strange. Um, I was sitting on our deck one day and across the creek, I had noticed that there was a bunch of limbs and leaves falling from these two trees. And I was watching it for a while. And then suddenly it was like raining limbs and, and, and leaves. And, you know, my first thought was, well, we, we got a lot of squirrels, but then as I'm watching, I'm like, they take 50 damn squirrels to do all this damage to this tree. It was raining down. I couldn't believe it. It's so much so that even my neighbor couldn't even, you know, he even was sitting out on his deck and he looked over and was like, what the hell is that? He even came to the fence and was looking like, what is going on? It, it was like something was up in the tree or climbing that tree and just the stuff was just falling all around. It was bizarre. And um, there was no wind, you know, it was nothing like that. Matter of fact, the wind picked up after it stopped and nothing fell, you know, it was strange, but uh, that one, you know, that one kind of creeped me out. I always got a predator vibe from that, <laughs> from that, thing but i can't explain that one it was really weird 
Did they, uh, were they recently building houses or anything like that near your neighborhood? Because it seems like a lot of the time you start mixing up nature a little bit and it pushes animals into different directions. I mean, the same could theoretically be said for Bigfoot because at least in Michigan, there's been a lot of recent sightings that are more near like metropolitan type areas. And assumably it's because they've been building up more stuff in more of the wooded areas. So, I mean, it could be the same scenario for you that maybe that's not a standard Bigfoot area, but if they were tearing down some more woods and building up some new houses, maybe it was starting to push some stuff into a different direction. I, you know, I would definitely, if it was some sort of Bigfoot thing, it's definitely a woo thing. It would have to come out of, out of a porthole or something because I mean, I, I just couldn't see a Bigfoot in that woods. (laughs) Anybody who knows me right now or knows where I live is probably laughing to themselves because it's just such a small, small area but i still can't explain that kind of weird but uh yeah yeah it would have had to have been on the uh, definitely the uh spooky side of a uh, bigfoot if that was if that was the case did you ever end up looking up and seeing if there was any other like sightings or anything in your area by chance no i didn't um i mean there just never is um in southern indiana you might see something uh, some people swear by it, but um, where I live, no, there's just nothing. There's, I, I don't think there's been a signing around here since like the sixties or something. So probably too yeah, populated now, long time. tearing everything yeah. down, especially where I live. Yeah. Have you uh, just out of curiosity, have you ever actually uh, like gone yourself on like a squash hunt or anything? No, you know, I get invited all the time. I never, I never have. I've got sort of some medical issues that I'm not um, super um, fit right now. <laughs> I've got some back problems, neck problems. Um, I kind of want to, but um, I, I'm just not sure how physically I could do it. But uh, I'm asking, but yeah, I get invited all the time. Out of uh, curiosity for the sake of, you know, a lot of people offer like gifts to Sasquatch, like usually different types of stones, different things like that. Usually people try to avoid mm-hmm. the food because they start getting irritated. The food doesn't come, but I've never really heard of anybody trying to possibly like give a picture of like a Sasquatch to a Sasquatch. So just out of curiosity, I mean, just an idea. Uh, if you ever do happen to go on a Squatch hunt or, you know, anybody that goes to an area that they know that there's like a tribe of Sasquatch living in the area, um, you know, those little paintings that are maybe like six by three or something might be kind of yeah. a cool idea to just, you know, do your best trying to do Dude, maybe like a darkened it. like Sasquatch face and try to leave it as a gift and just out of curiosity, see if they take it. Cause I feel like they might connect with it, you know, seeing that it's maybe a possibly a picture of themselves and, you know, you might try to form a connection with it where you are kind of depicting that not everybody sees them as these dark, scary things, which I assume that they think that we do. So they kind of try to take advantage of that to keep us away from their area. Maybe that'd be kind of a way to start breaking down that wall where they start seeing that we also do humanize them rather than just try to look at them as like scary things that exist out in the woods. Yeah. That's a cool idea. My luck, the Bigfoot would leave me a painting and it'd be like way better than what I did. <laughs> I'd be like, Painting human. It. <laughs> it's actually you yeah, from a distance. You- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what it'd be. That'd be my luck. <laughs> the one time you were sitting down eating a snack when you went on the squatch hike, it's going to be this aerial view of, it looking down on you from a tree while you're eating a sandwich. <laughs> be like, I knew I heard something up there. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be me profile and double chins or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, Bigfoot. 
Oh. Do the art. Just do the hiding and shit. All right. Yeah, you got to give me something to keep painting, man. The day you stop hiding, the day I don't have anything to paint anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, we've been talking pretty heavy about your art, of course. And assumably, you know, a lot of the people that follow my show, they really like all of the cryptid stuff and the cryptid paraphernalia. Um, so a lot of people have Etsy store set up. Um, I'm assuming that you probably have an Etsy store, your own website, all that kind of stuff. Uh, where, where can people find all of your stuff, even if they just want to, you know, kind of browse and look through your paintings? Sure. Um, well, actually, I don't have an Etsy store, but I do have a website. Um, here's the thing about the website is I, I've been really fortunate to be in it, to be, to sell my stuff fairly quick. Um, I don't have to wait too long. So by the time I was getting paintings up on the website, they had sold and it was like, it was a constant, like put them up, take them down, put them up, take them down, you know? So I, um, I just basically stopped doing the website, but you can, um, if you want to read like my bio, you know, but it's, it's horribly out of date right now, but it is, uh, T W Williams art.com. So if you wanted to check that out, say one thing I thought but, was pretty funny about your website when I went on there was, uh, if you get, well, how'd you word it? If you give up, if you're a sissy and you can't find Bigfoot, oh, yeah. here's how you find <laughs> him. <laughs> no, it's the, uh, it's the I give up page. Okay. I, yeah. This is a, here's my little secret. This is my warped sense of humor, but you know, cause people would ask me all the time though. Ah, okay. I, you know, I've seen this painting in one of your calendars or whatever. I just cannot find the Bigfoot. I'm like, that's fine. Go to the, I give up page and they'll go to it. And it's a questionnaire and it just goes like, before I tell you, I have a couple questions. And the first question is, you know, A, how long have you been a quitter? <laughs> and then uh, B, can I have your parents' phone number so I can call them and ask them how, you know, why they raised a quitter, you know? <laughs> so, but then, then it was like, C, it's like, oh, go ahead and tell me what painting was. I'll tell you, you know, I'll email you or something. But uh, yeah, it was me being kind of a smart ass, but, uh, but. I've, I've only got a few people angry at that, but uh, most people thought it was funny. <laughs> oh, people need tougher skin. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I'm glad you did. But uh, that's one place uh, you could, you know, go to. But what I, you know, I'm doing most stuff through Facebook these days. You know, I don't necessarily love Facebook, but I mean, I'm doing a lot of stuff through it. So if you go to uh, T dot w dot williams fine arts uh and follow me there that'd be great i i'd give you my personal one but i've been like fortunate and i've i've maxed out of friends on my personal uh facebook page so i've got my artist page that i'm hyping now um if you go to hanger hanger one publishing that's uh where you can find my calendar just go to the merch part of that i also i did a book cover uh for one of the books there called uh, incident at pine island and uh, i did that book cover that was cool um uh, you could follow me on instagram that's timothy underscore wayne underscore williams underscore pretty basic um really that's about it i am on twitter but rarely and that's at tw williams fine art so are you planning on doing another calendar for next year also just for if anybody wants yeah. one and it's kind of late in the year now at least they know they can look for one next year right 
Yeah, I am working on it right now. So, yeah, I've got another book cover, too. Do you know there's a guy named Henry Frenzoni? He um, talk about kind of strange things to do in the woods. We were talking about, like, uh, putting a painting out in the woods. This guy, is, I saw him in a documentary years and years and years ago where maybe you've seen it, too, where he actually drug a drum set out, was playing it mm-hmm. for Bigfoot. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember yeah, seeing that. Like, uh, yeah, that, I didn't realize that was the guy I'm doing this book cover for. But yeah, so that's kind of cool. So he's an old drummer from back in the day, too. So we we talk about that. But uh, yeah, so the, the, those are my... Uh, yeah, I think everything that you pretty much could find me on. But yeah, I am working on a, a new calendar right now. So... And that will, of course, include all of your websites and everything into the show description so everybody can come and find it quick and easy because I'm sure uh, a lot of my listeners will probably want to come and at least check out your art and hopefully grab some along the way. And uh, I always like yeah. to leave everything on a high note, of course. Uh, so if there's any mm-hmm. words of wisdom you can share to the listeners, be it uh, to inspiring artists, um, to whoever, uh, what would your words of wisdom be? I, you know, find your audience. If you really almost in anything you do, but especially with art, it's, it's like I said, I did fine art for the longest time. And, you know, I had modest success. You know, it was, it was okay. But once, you know, I found my people, you know, this whole paranormal community, uh, I, I, the people are great. The, the conventions are funner, you know, way funner. Meet people like you. And uh, it, it, it's, it's just more me, you know. So... Uh, you know, find, find your, your audience, you know, go out there, you know, find some little special thing about whatever you do and then find those people that would really appreciate it. So that's my, you know, maybe it's kind of a no brainer kind of a thing, but I wish someone would have told me that, you know, when I was younger. Well, I definitely agree. Cause I tell a lot of people, even when it comes to like podcasting, that if you're trying to do your thing for other people then it's going to take away from it actually being you. But if you find a group of people that enjoy the thing that you're doing for what it is and that it is you, it you're able to incorporate yourself into it. So you feel a lot more right. attached to what you're doing. Uh, you want to put more time into it. It just it means more to you when you're doing it and it's not being influenced to make somebody else happy because you, you found a way to make other people happy and make yourself happy all in the same process. And a lot of the time people kind of have that fight where it's either they're making somebody else happy and they're not really happy with their art or they're happy mm-hmm. with their art and nobody else is interested in it. So I found it really cool that you found yeah. your middle spot. And like you said, it may <laughs> seem some basic words of wisdom, but it's one of those things that I think that people need to hear because a lot of people forget it along the way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I uh, appreciate you making the time to come on the show today. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Always a great time talking to you. And I'm uh, really oh. looking forward to seeing you at the next event. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be awesome. I can't wait to see you. If I don't see you before, then I'll see you in November. Oh, yeah. At the latest. So, and hopefully, if we're yeah. lucky, maybe we'll be venting, vending near each other. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hopefully. Yeah. That'd be cool, man. We'll hang. So I'm going to hit. I appreciate you having me on, man. Of course. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to take an extra couple seconds to rate the show on Spotify, or if you're oh so kind as to take an extra 30 seconds to leave a review on iTunes, then I will uh, give you guys a shout out on the show, of course, and read it out on the show. Uh, The other awesome thing that you guys can do for the show is 
share it by word of mouth. If you know anybody that you think would really enjoy this specific episode, uh, don't forget to tag them or share this specific episode with them. It's an awesome way to uh, help the show grow, of course. And uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, there's a couple ways to do so. Uh, one of which is to message me through social media, Instagram being the one that I'm the most active on. Uh, number two, you can email me at inquiriesarerealitypodcast at outlook.com or you can go to the link tree, fill this submission form, and that will go directly to my email. Uh, don't forget to check your spam or junk folders. Make sure nothing gets lost in the process because I do respond to every single message, of course. Uh, everything that I mentioned, all available under the link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash inquiries of our reality podcast. And with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.